everybody. We are here today to give you another brand spanking show of Megasheen. This is Nick and Victor, Victor and Nick. And we're here to talk about all things queer, geeky, and messy. <laughs> yes, indeed. The mess just keeps on coming. Yes, it does. How are you doing, Nick? I am doing as well as I can manage. Um, and that's, yeah, that's about, that's about all I got to be honest. Um, trying to make it through this shit of a week. Yeah. The week just started. Yeah, it has. It has. I'm making it a short week for me though, because you know, it's, uh, we off on Monday, Memorial Day. And uh, I decided to take Friday off. I'm like, I'm going to have four days, not three, four. Uh-huh. <laughs> just to lay up and just do nothing. I thought that might be the best thing to do. Yes. Mental health days should be a mandatory thing for me. You know, I need, I need to do more of those. Like, it's nothing planned. Just like, I just want to just lay out, you know, like after uh-huh. working out, just be like, I'm just going to sit here and watch mindless tv and giggle over stupid stuff um or google's uh, or like giggle over stupid stuff online like what's making me laugh right now is uh leslie joan <laughs> uh, so she watched the royal wedding we'll talk about that a little bit later but she watched it and she was laughing at the the ex-girlfriend of harry being there <laughs> see and I was laughing at that way she did it. You have to watch the clip because it's funny because it's what I would have said. Like, bitch, why are you there? Like, I'm like, yeah, why would you be there? I wouldn't be there uh-huh. unless we were really good friends. But I'm not going to be there I'm trying to act like I'm happy. But, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just need days where I'm just not thinking about work or thinking about next steps or whatever. I just want to lay up and somebody's jogging pants and just uh who's jogging pants my jogging pants let me not <laughs> let me rephrase that that doesn't sound right in my it jogging did. pants <laughs> I'm like oh who are you laying up with that's the problem and you know and no that's something my mama be asking questions my mama be asking me who i'm laying up with see that's another thing i'm like you don't need to be asking me questions like that but I should be, you know, happy because now everybody has a mother who's going to ask you about what men you laying up with. She did ask me once, and have I been sleeping with a married man? I was like, why? Where did that come from? Girl, and if she, you don't get yourself some business. She said, well, because the gays she worked with when she used to work for Fashion Fair, she was the manager of Fashion Fair um, in one of the stores. She <laughs> said, well, they used to sleep with married men all the time, and I didn't, you know, I didn't want to judge because that's not what God taught me. But, oh lord, girl. She, I'm like, Mama, why would I be sleeping with a married man? Now, I only did that once, but that was different, and that was, um, oh. they were open, but that's another story for another time. You know what? <laughs> we have just one went from zero to 60 and full ass mess, <laughs> but anyway, you know, we let's, let's just go on and get into the tea today. We got to because we're already there. We're already there. So, you know, let's, let's, let's go with Glad because Glad kind of did some showing out um, recently. Um, first, 
you know, they just re newly released the Studio Responsibility Index, and that's an annual report uh, about LGBTQ representation in major motion major motion pictures. Um, now here's the here's the tea about this. So in 2016, there was one transgender character in a movie release, major film, not indie, major. So not like you know about Tangerine and all that. That's that wasn't considered major. Um, this year, none. No, 2007, none. <laughs> 17, none. Um, uh, in 2016, there was 23 major studio releases that had LGBT characters. This past year um that fell down to 14 so what they're saying is there has been a decrease in us being in major motion films and they said in a lot of ways you know they praise love simon and some other movies that have talked about us um but they were saying how it has declined now some people are claiming that you know there doesn't need to be so many movies about us or what have you but then again for us to decline as we move forward is kind of interesting too. Now they don't, they haven't did anything for 2018 yet because the year is not finished. But um, they are hoping to talk a bit more about um, what they have, what they hope to see. Um, but not only did they do that, they actually turned around and called out Marvel and um, WB, which is in charge of all of the DC movies, for not acknowledging the LGBT characters in their movies. So you think about Wonder Woman, who is now considered um, bisexual, and I think Io and from from um, Black Panther, um, and now you think about uh, Lando Landau being considered <laughs> pansexual, but whatever he is, um, they're claiming that you know you can say they are you know queer, but if they're not being seen as queer in the movie, it doesn't count. They need to make sure that they are showcasing these characters. So the president of Glad is Sarah Kate Ellis. Come on white woman name um, said, um that this is a problem and she said it's not really a new problem but you know it could be better so here's her quote with the widely successful films like wonder woman and black panther proving that audience want to see diverse stories that hasn't been told before there's simply no reason for a major studio to have such low scores in our index i mean she's right yeah you saw how Black Panther was going to introduce uh, queer representation, and then mm -hmm. it got left on the drawing, left on the cutting floor. Mm -hmm. Saw the same thing on Thor Ragnarok. Mm -hmm. uh, we know there's a, a lot of queer women in Wonder Woman. I mean, hell, it's an island full. Themyscira is an island full of women. Yes. Um, you saw the head of what was it, Disney, saying that. Lando was pansexual, like you just said, but it doesn't matter if you all say it after the fact. You have yeah. to put it in the movie. It doesn't do anybody any any good if you just say, "Oh, yeah, he's pan," or "Yeah, he they're gay," or "Lesbian," or this or that. But if we don't see it, then what you say really doesn't matter. Right, and that's not a good thing. I mean, they did with Dumbledore. Like we know Dumbledore is gay, but we we don't get to see that. Like. That's like saying that, oh, yeah, Dumbledore's black, but Dumbledore's not even in the movie. You know, it's like, right. like it's like no, that's not that's not how this works. So um, I'm kind of glad, you know, Glad has called out folks. Um, hopefully that does change. And again, we don't have all of 2018, which includes Love, Simon. Um, but 
Um, you know, it'd be nice to see more of us, and especially when it comes to the fantasy movies, because again, it's fantasy. We should be able to be seen a lot. So, um, they didn't really get into the TV shows, and that's a whole nother index mess. to be done, um, as well as mess. Um, but interesting with that, um, as we kind of move on to TV shows, let's go ahead and jump into Supergirl. So, they did announce that they will have a trans character. Um, in the show, and she'll be in her early 20s. Um, she'll be uh, a journalist, um, and she will be considered a younger Cat Grant. Now, if you remember, Cat Grant was in the first season that was played by Allie McBeal, I forgot her real name, <laughs> but she was, she's gonna be in that. Uh, she's gonna be as kind of the younger version of that. Um, the name of this character will be um, Nia Now, which is interesting because the last name is the last name of the sisters, um, Dream Girl and White Witch from Legion. And if you've been watching Supergirl, they already have um, a few characters from the Legion in this. So don't know what that really means. But I'm a little concerned because, yes, glad we have a trans character in there. But are there trans people in the writer's room? Exactly. Now, I also uh, read that the casting was uh, open ethnicity, so mm -hmm. they don't necessarily have a specific um, ethnicity for the part. Hopefully, it is a person of color. Mm -hmm. But in order to have the character mean something, there has to be a trans writer in the room yes uh, otherwise it comes from a cis point of view mm -hmm. and at this point there are enough trans writers out working that can write this part mm -hmm. like it, there's no excuse now it's, it's right because um even ryan murphy has a i, I know that uh janet mock is in she's working with po uh, pose yeah. Um, so, you know, they're making sure they do have trans representation within the writer's room. And if you're going to introduce uh, a trans character, I mean, you can put the argument like, does it have to be a trans person to write it? I believe yes. As we are in this space, so we have opportunity to have trans people be a part of these processes. Yes, have a trans writer in there because you need someone to talk about their experiences. The writer's room is based off people's experiences um, to even use in stories you need to have a trans person or two to really have a perspective there because again you can have a white trans person and a trans person of color they need to have the different perspectives of what it is to be trans and what was that process like for them so therefore yes they do need that in order to make the character feel more authentic so hopefully they are considering that and if they do use a character of color really really consider having someone of color to really talk about those experiences Let's hope so, because, like I said, at this at this point, there's no excuse. You're right. You're right. It's no excuse, and we do need to have that in there. So, you know, I'm, we, we will be checking on Supergirl, see how this goes. Now, they already introduced an uh, asexual character or in, in the comics, and you may have to double-check me on that one, but they already introduced that character within the comics. It's not the same character they want to introduce in the show, but still, they've done it there, but can this translate really well in the TV show? We don't know. Again, this is CW. 
it is what it is. So right. we will see what happens. Um, no shade to them, but again, it is important to make sure there's someone who can speak to those experiences in that writer's room. Very much so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now let's move on to a throwback, throwback to the eighties. <laughs> so Thundercats is being revived for a second time on the Cartoon Network. It's going to be titled Thundercats Roar. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw the animation and I'm like, eh, this is not for me, but if you like it, I love it. Now, I know a lot of people were upset saying, oh, this is not how it's supposed to be. Oh, it should look like it did in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Now, keep in mind that had, they had already revived Thundercats. Yeah. I think it was like the early 2000s. No, it was in 2011, I think. Well, yeah, 2011. Yeah. And you see where that went. So, in the I can thing- understand, like... Or what they're coming from, yeah. but if you didn't watch it then, yeah. what makes you think is you don't watch it now? Yeah, and the sad thing was it was pretty good when they re- I watched a few of those episodes. I was like, okay, y'all, I see where you're going. The animation was great. Um, I am see this is this is the hard part of me because a part of me I grew up in those old days where when you had the, the you know you, there was this interesting view of how you looked at cartoons like if cartoons look cartoonish you didn't take it seriously but if it looked like he-man and she-ra because you know he-man and she-ra back then looked like serious because it was done by filmation and it was it looked like you know real people to a degree but you know what i mean it was like that and dundar jam they were all had that look that you'd like about cartoons they made us feel more lifelike and so Thundercats was really done really well that way. And, you know, you see this, and, and I struggle with it because I'm like, I'm not a fan of this Ren and Stimpy style of characters. Like, you know, they, they when they did Teen Titans, I was not here for that. Like, it took me, I couldn't really watch them. I watched them, but I didn't like it because I'm like, mm, I don't like the way they look. And then Teen Titans Go was trash to me um, because of the way they looked. Um, uh-huh. But... People may argue, but this is a it's an art. This is an artist take on it. We should cherish the artists and artistry of these characters and how they look. But it just doesn't. It looks like a par like the Onion version. You know, what I mean, like these like a parody version of this. Um, I've seen some ads already for the new Thundercats, and it almost seems like it's a joke of the show that it was. Granted, these episodes back in the day were borderline garbage, <laughs> but still, you know, it's you know, it's. At the same time, it's like, can I take this seriously? Um, I don't like that type of animation. Like, I even posted on our on our Twitter that if they ever did gem like this, I will be appalled. The, listen, like, there's something about the storyline of gem that wouldn't sit right in that kind of animation. No, I mean, so it the, would make sense. Like for this, for like the Thundercats, how it looks. I can understand when they how they went that route mm-hmm. because it's a bunch of fucking cats. I mean, let's go, let's be serious. But for Jim, it's, it's fashion. It was it, it's different. It's a different story. Yeah. So that kind of animation just wouldn't make sense. It would, at least to me. The same with me. I would not want to see that. I would not want. And then you know, I'm gonna look at these Thundercats. I just struggle with that a little bit. Uh, and then 
on that same note, I don't know if you saw it, they were about to do the DC Girls, and they released a new look of that. Now, they've already had a DC Girls, with, you know, they look like little girls in that cartoon. It wasn't bad, but now they look like bad anime. Like, you remember that, that um, Drexel's Laboratory? They look like that now. So you have Wonder Woman with these big-ass earrings. Like, it looks... And I was taken out. I was like, okay, so, and I was taken out because I'm like, this is, so we're going to get a Wonder Woman, anim, uh, you know, animation, whatever. But you think about all the versions of Superman, all the versions of Batman we've seen animated. We finally get a Wonder Woman animated and she looks like this. Uh, there's a part of me was like, it's almost unfair. And I'm not really, like I said, I'm not really a fan of the Ren and Stampy art, but I don't want to. You know, I don't want to shade on the artists who are putting this stuff together. I Again, this is for kids, and I guess I have to leave that part of me out. Um, but at the same time, it would be nice if they would have, you know, did a Wonder Woman animation that was a little bit more serious looking compared to all of the animated movies that Batman has and all the animated movies Superman has. And usually Wonder Woman is a part of these stories, but I don't know. This new animation thing is just not appealing to me. But then again, like I'm coming from a different generation where that type of stuff was for it. I don't know. So I don't like I said. I don't want to shade on them too much, but I'm just not feeling this new art. I can understand where you're coming from, but like, for example, Steven Universe that looks very geared toward a certain younger demographic but a lot of the stories are very serious Mm -hmm. and they are very um young adult almost adult stories so i can i can play devil's advocate for it Mm -hmm. i don't know if i'll watch it y'all just gonna have to tell us how it is and maybe i'll catch it on a rerun or something right because i feel like like steven universe animation works for that type of story and maybe that's what it is maybe we need to watch it and then see what happens is i don't know if they feel like we need to go that route because steven universe is successful who knows uh but we'll see i it it is it, something to get used to for those of right. us who from a different generation in time uh-huh. so yeah thundercats we'll see you we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what and speaking of right speaking of uh 80s uh, it's announced that She-Ra, an animated Netflix series, is going to be debuting on Netflix here soon mm-hmm. in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, some notable cast members is uh, Lorraine Toussaint. She's she's in uh, Into the Badlands right now. Yep. Uh, Sandra Oh, she was on Grey's Anatomy, I believe. Yeah. Um, and Amy Carrero is going to play She-Ra. Mm-hmm. Now, the executive producers are Noelle Stevenson and Chuck Austin. And I know that Noelle identifies as queer. Mm-hmm. I think she's married to a woman. Mm-hmm. So I know the feminist and girl-centric would be there. Yeah. Now, I hope there are women of color. And I don't know if it's going to be geared toward a mature audience. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure where they are on, as far as that, but I'm interested to see where this goes. I am too. Um, the women of color 
we know entrapped uh, uh, Natosa and Natosa is a woman of color. She's black. Um, there's rumors that Mermista is Latina. Um, if you go back and watch the old cartoon, I think she has a more um, Hispanic voice um, when she's talking. So I'm, I'm going to have to go back and check that out and then maybe take that to Twitter. But um, those are the women of color-ish. No, I won't say ish. I'm saying ish because of Mermista. Um, but, you know, they, but the other interesting thing that, I, that is noted that it's princesses of power. Um, so apparently there's going to be other princesses involved. Um, Glimmer is technically a princess because her mother, Angelica, is a queen. Um, but Glimmer... I hope they beef up Glimmer because Glimmer was kind of the weak link in the original cartoon. Like, she always fainted when she used her powers. <laughs> so I'm just like... Okay. Basically, she was Jane Grey from the X-Men 90s cartoon. Yes. I... <laughs> And which you know, I have issues with how Jean Grey was treated, but you know, yes, um, uh, yeah, that's what Glimmer was. But I am happy to see that Catra and Storm Shadow, and no Storm Shadow, and um, oh, I forgot her name, uh, Shadow Weaver is in there, because those are my two favorite villains: is Catra and um, um, oh, I just said her name, Shadow Weaver, um, just because I love Shadow Weaver because her backstory was very interesting. Um, so we'll see how this goes. I'm looking forward to it. And I've seen, a, we don't know if this is going to be the real animation, but apparently this is not going to look like the serious looking Shira that we grew up with. It's going to be, again, kind of that Pixar-y cartoonish like. <laughs> so um, there, there was like a picture that was put on and then taken off. And if I can find it, I'll post it back again. Um, but there, you know, we'll see what that looks like, um, as that comes out, but I am looking forward to seeing that because I loved Shira when I was a kid, so we'll see. Y'all beef up Glimmer, please. <laughs> <laughs> or just leave her out. But pretty much everybody from the original show is back, like Hordak and all them, so this should be cute. It should be. Mm. Now, that also began streaming sometime this year, too. Yeah. I haven't got a specific date for it yet but we'll see we'll see i'm gonna say deadpool came out this weekend we'll talk about that next week um just because we know we want to be kind of nice to people who don't want spoilers so we'll give you girl just say nick nick hadn't seen it yet so that's what (laughs) well i haven't seen it either (laughs) oh bitch because I was busy this weekend. Um, but yeah, I'll go see it. I was supposed to go see it last night, but I got too tired. So um, we will talk about this next week. But we also do want to be fair to some people with spoilers. Um, but yeah, it surpassed um, Affinity War. Um, it made over 125000 this weekend, um, which makes it, the, I think it makes it the, the second or third um, rated R movie top radar movie in the, in the, that, that made that list um, it's in the top I think it's number two or number three so that's a pretty good thing I think the first one was in the top ten of rated R movies over the weekend so that that's a pretty good thing um, heard mixed reviews um, from fans and our friends of the show and everyone else about this but we will see it for ourselves but you know it's you know Marvel's you know they send up I mean even though it's technically not theirs yet um, they still got money from this, so I heard there was a lot of jokes about um, Infinity War in this. That's, that's what I heard too. 
So I'm like, well, of course you can do that. That's only fair. Um, but we'll see how this goes. I, um, I also heard this is like Looper. So if you saw Looper, they said this is basically a comedic version of Looper. So I'm like, okay, we'll see how that goes. Because that was a time-traveling sci-fi movie, too. So um, I'm looking forward to it because I'm very interested in seeing Domino. And I have this huge... I have a crush on James Brolin. John Brolin. Josh Brolin. Josh. Because <laughs> he, as Cable, is, is looking kind of tasty. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> and Star, you know, he's yes. a queer character. Um, and as you know, that's, that's Nick's um, husband. My man, well. so don't mess with my man. I'm going to be the one to bring it to you. Yep. <laughs> Lewis knows what's up. Lewis knows he's my boo. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You you already signed the papers and everything. Else. Right. So yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> well, um, we bullshit <laughs> So yeah, we'll we're gonna be seeing this movie. We're we'll talking about it, but you know, good for them for making you know for basically keeping the lights on in the X Men universe. <laughs> Because nobody else is. Because that New Mutants didn't get delayed like two, three times. That makes me know. But they did release. Um, I did see a, a Mark poster, a marker poster, which is not like it's like a teaser poster of Dark Phoenix that is out on the Internet. So if you get a chance to see it, if I can find it, I will post it. Um, but um, I saw it. I'm like, OK. I guess. I was, I was like, okay, I guess. Um, See, they gonna, make, they gonna piss me off. Well, get ready. Cause you know, and see, I want to come into that movie with no kind of... You have an open mind. And like, yes, with an open mind, but y'all just don't want... Y'all don't want to make me happy. That's what that is. Y'all don't want to see me happy. But, you know, like I, I want to go in with that thrill I had when I saw X-Men 2 and when she was saving them in that moment when you realize, you know, the Phoenix was coming when the flames, you know, I was like, okay, all right, you got me, you got me. Everybody was cheering and screaming. Uh-huh. Um, I want that feeling again, but everybody knows that. <laughs> we'll see. You know, maybe then I was going to show up and snap his fingers and be like, bitch, and then, you know, it's gone. And then <laughs> when we come back in the Marvel Universe, it's like, here's Storm in Africa. So we'll see how... This goes along, but you know, that's a while from now. The rumor is we may, again, I think I said it before, the rumor is we may see something at Comic Con. Yeah, we'll probably see that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's see what else we get. Oh, let's talk about some Drag Race. Let's talk about Drag Race. So, and this is going to be uh, kind of a quick, quick review. So, the, and I mean, like, quick, <laughs> main stage challenge was they had to do a parody of Westworld called Breastworld. Um, it was okay. I, it, I'm not too keen on some of these uh, these parodies that they do. Mm-hmm. But, um... Eureka and oh my god, what is her name? Cameron Michaels were in the bottom two. Um, I don't know. I don't really don't know why Eureka was in the bottom two because this seemed like something that she would excel in, mm-hmm. and she was just I, I don't know. She was just flat, 
And I'm like, why Why is she so flat? Uh, Cameron was one note throughout the whole <laughs> um, challenge. So the runway looks, but prior to the bottom two, the runway looks was uh, how they would imagine themselves like 50 years and still doing drag. I thought that my favorite one was Cameron Michael. She looked like uh, Betty White's cousin from Golden Girls. Mm-hmm. And no, actually, she looked like Sophia's cousin from Golden Girls. Okay. And my other favorite was Aquaria. She was like a, um, a older fashionista type woman, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of cool. So they did uh, Eureka and Camera were in the bottom two. Now, after the song that they did, Rue actually kept them both. Hmm. But I'm like, okay, so does this mean next week we get like a double elimination? <laughs> Let's, let's need to wrap this up. Or bring back somebody, or no? No, please don't bring back anybody. <laughs> please don't. Like, we need to get this finished. Now, in the Untucked, a lot of people like Cameron is always hard on herself. She's mm-hmm. saying, "Oh, even though she did good, she's like, oh, well, maybe I'm in the bottom too. Maybe I didn't do so good." And I think that a lot of the other girls have kind of reached their breaking point at that point, which. You know, they're trying to give her good feedback, but she doesn't want to take it. It's almost like uh, Nina Bonina Brown and her Mm -hmm. season. If she did good, then she would get, oh, what was me type thing. Yeah. And Cameron started crying. And she's like, oh, I don't want to. I don't like to see myself in that kind of state. And then she started talking about her father. And he was the same way. And that kind of reinforces this whole idea that to be a man, you don't need to show any kind of emotion. And Mm. it's odd coming from a drag queen where when you lip sync, you have to show some kind of emotion. Yeah. And it, I do enjoy Cameron. Mm -hmm. And not just because she's a thirst. But I like her aesthetic, uh, drag-wise, and I think she's a really nice person. Yeah. Um, that lipstick, I would have sent Eureka home based on the challenge and what she wore on the main stage. She was just saying, like, oh, I like this uh, this coat and this catsuit because it just makes me feel pretty and I can twirl. I'm like, okay, girl, well, anybody can twirl. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, you know, basically the coat was nice, but underneath it was just like a basic cat suit. I'm like, okay. And girl, if you like it, I love it. <laughs> and I do have, well, I'll tell you offline that uh, what I heard from people close to uh, the costume designer for Eureka. Oh Lord! <laughs> they just they stay married in drama, but I mean, it pays to know people, <laughs> and I know that they started. Uh, season eleven is already coming. Oh, They've Lord. already started filming. Can we just take a break? No, no, no offense to the girls and Rue. It's just 
I feel like we're going down the American Idol route. You know, it's so many mm-hmm. seasons, so many winners. But what are y'all doing? You know, it's like at the end of the day, like who's standing out? Like you, I think about like American Idol. Got to the point where everybody was winning, but none of y'all ain't got no hits. So I'm just like, <laughs> where are we going with this? To where y'all all come back for All Stars, and then we right back where we were. And I say none of them are not making waves. It's just that at this point, it's like who is the true standout out of all the winners and and everything. You know, you have certain people getting their own TV shows and movies and guest lining and different things and what have you but at the same time like okay so winning this what is this really all y'all still getting booked regardless it's like you appear on the show it all switches so I don't mm, I'm thinking they need to take a break and then come back in like five years or something I just yeah they can go ahead and start widening this down yeah cause like I said on this show many a times just because you're a drag queen does not mean that you want to be on RuPaul's Drag Race. True. That is not the apex of every drag queen's career. Come on, apex. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not. Yeah. It's not. So, yeah. That's that on that. We have a couple of more things. So, Jake Gyllenhaal may be cast or I think he it's been reported he's been cast as Mr. I can never say his name Mysterio Mysterio and <laughs> in Spider-Man the sequel and Mysterio is a interesting character because he's done all types of stuff from he's like parlor tricks everything but also played a big role in the mystery of clones and and Spider-Man's family and all that stuff but anyway He's supposedly cast um, in this movie, and you know Jake Gyllenhaal is. You know we'll see how that goes. I you know I never really looked at um, Stereo as a as a fun character to watch, um, but that's what the rumor is. Yeah, some people were excited. I'm like, eh, let's see some footage first before yeah. we even. I don't. I don't. I'm not such a a fan of Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm-hmm. So, I'm like, okay. Yeah, I mean, let's not over... I mean, because, you know, Spider-Man is already dealing with the fact that, you know, we got, we got Venom, <laughs> the symbiote uh-huh. out there. Symbiote. <laughs> that, that, that pretty word for cologne out there. <laughs> out there. Um, and, you know, you got Tom Hardy playing this character, which... Yeah. I guess. I mean, I'm. I mean, I. I love me some Tom Hardy and other reasons, but I just don't know if I'm ready for this. But, you know, Mysterio might be fun if they do it right. Um, and you know, a lot. If you don't know who he is, I'll say watch some of the old Spider-Man cartoons, from the, late '90s, early 2000s, because he he played some roles in there that you can remember. So, I'll say check that out and kind of see, what they will look like. Um, but yeah, that was that was some news. Um, and I think we'll close it out with the Royal Wedding. So did you watch any of those? Girl, hell no. <laughs> you did. I didn't wake up for it, but I did watch some of the clips. Now, I got up. Apparently, this was going on like at 5 in the morning. Um, Shit, on a Saturday? I, you better put me down for it, maybe not. 
but I got up because I had CrossFit at nine, so I was up and I watched some of it, and I got I got in my feelings because you know it was a pretty wedding and it is historic for what it is, and um, I thought about um Megan's mother, you know what she's been through raising her daughter and what have you. Um, and now here they were, um, how in some ways it was nice to see a different twist um, of things. You had Serena there with her, her knee-length braids, and you had... Yeah, you see them braids. Oof. And I was like, you are making sure that everybody know that you are black, and you're here. Them back from Jamaica braids. Yeah. Um, her, um, Megan's mother, Darina, I think her name is Darina, has like dreads. Well, it has locks, um, which was nice. That was very nice. I loved... Um, Harry's cute. Harry is cute. How he was like very attentive to her and Megan looked amazing. It was really pretty. Um, I like that Oprah was there <laughs> feeling uh-huh. the spirit. It was a part of it was showing like Oprah sitting there rocking back and forth like the old church mothers do at church. Um, the, and to hear the, um, the, the speech or the, the address by Murphy was really, Good, like that was like, like about love and how you know, but then going back with his history and the things he's done in the sense of activism, what have you, that wasn't it. Because if you don't know about Megan, Megan is kind of an activist as well. So she, um, to have someone who speaks about you know those things, it was really nice. Um, and the choir, the choir singing "Stand by Me" was very emotional because we all want someone to do that for you, you know. And it was just really nice to have this the blackness added to a royal wedding that's usually dry and boring. This was very beautiful to see. Right. It, it was. Um, I liked how simplistic her gown was. Yeah. People, um, people complain about that, though. People are like, her gown could have been this, her gown could have been that. I'm like, mm, no, it's fine. She knew what she was doing. Right. Um... I thought the best dress was uh, Priyanka. Oh my God, what yeah, is her name? I know who you're talking about. She was from, she was on Quantico. Yeah. She looked so good. Yeah. She's and killed I, it lately with the Met Gala and this. Yeah. I think, like, um, I read somewhere she went to the wedding and then the day after was at work. I was like, well, when you got to make them bills, honey. Yeah. I love that there was the cast um, from Megan's TV show. The, the suits was there because Gina Torres was there, looking stunning. Uh-huh. Um, other and then, but what I got mad with the press was they kept talking about these are like B list actors, you know, and that like the A list. I'm like, ain't no... or they was calling Megan like a B list actress. I'm like, um, are Don't you a duchess? That. Are you a duchess or somebody? Are you gonna be a princess maybe one day? No, so address her as Megan. She is the actress. But you don't have to go down and... I was like, if she was white, would y'all call her a B-list actress? But anyway, right, I, tell it. I was like, but I was like, okay. But they kept talking about that. I'm like, that's not the point. That's not the point. She is a duchess, and you're not. So it's one you don't need to be trying to talk about B-list. I'm like, um, she's doing better than all of us at this point right now. Uh, and like I said, Harry was cute in his little suit, his little gap Did you teeth. you see uh, David Beckham? You know, I, it's been, it's, you know, I used to find him attractive, then I quit. But seeing him in this suit and everything, I was like, okay, Victoria, I Bitch, see what you got. You come up to my motherfucking wedding with this much sauce. I'm fighting you in public. Oh, no. Like, how dare you, sir? 
look this fucking good. I know. On my goddamn wedding day. I have to take the mic and be like, um, you can leave right now. Right. Like, sir, how dare you? No, he looks, he always looks good. Like, he, he has, I like, I've always liked the fact that he has that innocent slash badness look to him. Like, he'll like, he'd be a nice guy, but he also looks like he'll probably steal something and then do something with you in the back seat at the same time. Like, you know, like, yeah, I just stole all this beer, but now we up here fooling around in the back seat with this Like, rough trade? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I I even forgive him with those cornrows he had at one point when he met um Mandela. See, we won't talk about that. But you, talk about that I would never forget. I was like, why is this white man with Look Nelson up. Mandela and some cornrows? But leave him and uh, Posh always look good. Yeah, they do look good though. They do. She makes sure. Oh yeah, she's like, look. When we get out here, you are not gonna make me look bad. Do you hear me? And she, you know, she says it through her teeth too. Yes. I'll never forget when I forgot what show it was when she went to get her LA license and try to take pose pictures. Like, man, we don't do that. <laughs> like, just not. We don't. She was trying to pose and like, can I take this shot like this? Or like they and trust me, they they like we didn't have time for this. You take you stand right here. Click. Okay, get out and let's go because there's hundreds of people waiting. So, like, ma'am, what are you doing? Yes. Why did somebody at work say they didn't know who Posh or uh, David Beckham were? Oh, Lord. But see, you in Kentucky, though. That is no, that is <laughs> not a. <laughs> uh, I'm like, what? You don't. This but the... is what I have to deal with. Yeah, That's but... why I had to take a mental health day because they are stressing my nerves bad. Oh. <laughs> uh. I'll, I think about. It, I'll give them a small benefit. They have not been in the in the you know they haven't been seen a lot lately, so maybe they just forgot. But then you have to know Victoria Beckham. I mean, it's the non-singing member of the uh, Spice. Let me quit. <laughs> Look at you. Uh, I think about because you remember was it the Olympics when they were performing and she was just doing her own thing. <laughs> said, look, I'm only here for a check. Yeah, I'm only here for a check and show off this dress. <laughs> so that's what I'm here for. But no, they were really cute. And again, like I said, Oprah was there. Um, it was, and you know, it was just a nice wedding. It was very, you know, cute. Even her dress after the wedding was really cute. Um, uh-huh. And um, like I said, Harry, you know, you are very lucky. And they kept, they showed a quote that, Diana said, which was that made me a little emotional. She about when she said about well, you were very lucky to find someone to love you. So I'm like, it's some quote about that. And then when they showed that part where he said, I'm so lucky, I was like, oh no, is that? I was like, that's so. But yeah, I got kind of emotional because they kept showing clips about Diana and Harry. Because you know, he took that, her death very hard. Uh-huh. Um, and that, you know, which made him kind of a little ruffian when he was younger. Um, but he did talk about how like Megan is, he feels like a, is a gift. And if anybody can keep him in check, it's her. Because remember, Megan is older than him. Oh, she is. Yeah, I think she's like four years older than him, or something like that. And, and we're not shading her by age or anything. It's but I think I think he found something in her that I think he has mentioned that he's found something in her that he knows his mother would have highly approved for him. And you know, again, he was he went through it the hardest because he was very young when Diana died. And, you know, that's... Diana. When she was murdered. Yeah, true. But, you know, <laughs> that's not even... 
get started with that. But yeah, you know, Diana is 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 is, is, is a queer icon um, to a lot of us. I I won't go as far as some articles said and so that she was queer. I was like, okay, y'all have that's enough. <laughs> I was like, that's enough. But yes, yeah, she was recognized, and I think one of the things that I think she was noted for. Um, was during the time when the AIDS was really getting out there and she was considered brave because she was holding, at the time they didn't know how it was completely transferred. Um, and she was holding the cho- like children with AIDS. She was holding them and they were worried. I think they were worried. Like, it's like, we don't know if it's this, this is that. And she was like, these are children. You know, I don't care. These are children. I think that was one of the first images because again it was her elizabeth taylor you know all of them were who really was fighting for it when nobody else was um so yeah you know she's been known to be out there supporting everybody she was the people's princess so you know i'm sure they're gonna look at megan that way and megan's the activist so we'll see how much of that activism she will bring into the royals <laughs> Let's see. Well, is there anything else we got before we take a quick break? I don't think so. Oh, wait, one more thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, in video game news, it was reported that the PS4 is entering its phase of its life cycle. So if you don't know what that means, a lot of products, when they're introduced on the market, they go through what's called a life cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, we studied about this in business. Uh, so... Once technology and these products enter these final phases, new products to replace them are coming along. So it was reported that the PS5 is was supposed to come out maybe 2020. Now that might be a little bit sooner, mm-hmm. according to the news that Sony released. So... um. It's interesting, especially since uh, E3 is coming around the corner of Mm -hmm. just a couple of weeks. So we'll see what will happen during that expo. All right. We will see. All right. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. All right. We are back and want to make a quick clarification. So Diana wasn't really kids it was a man it was a man um that she shook hands with that she didn't have any gloves with and she shook his hand understanding that people were not again aware how AIDS was being transferred so she took that um single gesture on her own um understanding that she was trying to be compassionate but as she continued on she did work with kids and children who were with AIDS so I just want to make that clarification but now we're going to get into our king size issue today and we decided to make it a little bit personal um because we have kind of noticed that we've been you know family and friends and friends of the show you know have brought up insecurities and things that we've seen a lot in our timeline we see a lot of social media and um you know no one's immune from it so we decided we'll talk a little bit about some of the things that gets to us and you know um what holds us back what challenges us what makes us kind of you know want to run into corners sometimes so we'll just share a little bit of our stuff today and hopefully as you listen to what we're talking about you know you may feel more comfortable sharing yours or um or accepting the fact that you have insecurity some of us don't like to say that we do but you know the reality is we do uh so um for myself um 
I, I, you know, I'm old, so I've accepted the fact that my insecurities are real. I can be a very jealous person. Uh, I, I, the extent of my jealousy, 21, I was so jealous of someone um, that, um, for example, I wanted, I was supposed to go spend a weekend with a guy, but he was going to spend it with his girlfriend, and out of jealousy, I slashed his tires. Um, realizing how that was a, a bit much, I checked myself about how far I would go with my jealousies, but I do know I have jealous bones in me to where I question my talents and, and, and what I actually can do. Like, I'm always happy for people's successes, but there's always times I, I will have some jealousy to it. And I think... Um, like, for example, I had a little bit of jealousy over Meghan Markle over her wedding just because I'm like, you know, I would like to be told that, you know, that I look amazing and they're so lucky to be with me. And those insecurities of being in a relationship that lasted almost nine years and then it ended, it made me f feel like did my time pass is my chance over for love. And so I get insecure, insecure about relationships or chances to do it because I always feel like they would end badly or not go to the full peak of what it can be so i have had insecurities on that that plays a part with my jealousies too so that's something i will work on and something else i've been noticing since living in los angeles i feel like as a gay man you are dealing with so much insecurities and not just because of body but just everything in general because la is a very flash place everything is based on looks everything is based on clout and things that you know me coming from union city tennessee never really thought twice about or even going to school in murray kentucky we were as happy to be alive and be with people who are like-minded but it's a whole different world around here so you know sometimes your insecurities about the way you look comes into play and you know i i i know i look good but i also have my insecurities about finding you know someone because here a lot of folks will really focus on looks first before they really figure out like oh i really need to be you know like somebody because they really like me back a lot of guys here will sleep with seventy thousand men before they realize what they actually like in a man and that's something that i've been like not trying to go down that path if you do that's your business but i'm trying not to go down that path because i don't want my insecurities to be that that push me into doing things like that because I feel like I need to be liked and loved, if that makes sense. I want to make sure that I can check my insecurities where I don't find myself making rash decisions um, just to make people like me. I want to find somebody who like me for me and I don't have to do all this hoop jumping. But again, living in L.A., those, those are things that you face and you see. Uh, and also, I'll be honest, um, my insecurities about dating in and outside of my race. I say in my race because it feels like that's a, a lofty goal to date a black men here. And I feel a little insecure about my blackness at times because I feel like am I not black enough for, you know, at least for a black man to take notice because here... I can't get it and I can't get black men to take interest in me as much as I get white men or now Asian men. I have more Asian men coming after me than I do black men coming after me. So I've been a little insecure about that towards um, do black men find me attractive? I know that sounds so stupid, but that's the insecurity that I noticed that has come up a lot. A lot of my insecurities come down to dating just because I am 44 and I feel like 
I'm in that mode where I'm like, I don't want to die alone. And so now a lot of that is coming up to play. So I will say that is that part of my insecurities. I have others, but I'll focus on that and letting it talk about some of his. Oh, gosh, I have so many. I have so many. I think one of the biggest things that I'm insecure about are my talents and my skills. Mm -hmm. Like, I have... Um, like I went to school, you know, did everything, went through high school, mm-hmm. went to college, mm-hmm. tried to do everything that society said that would get me success. And it feels like I haven't got that kind of success. Now, I feel like a lot of that is me being so sensitive when I know that I say that I'm not mm-hmm. allowing things to take hold of me and eat at me and eat at me until they come out in like a serious or some kind of rage that is unwarranted. Um, I feel like that because of my insecurities with my skills that I've picked up through, whether it be education or through the jobs that I've had, that it really hasn't set me apart or it hasn't really vaulted me into a place that I, where I want to be. And now being out of school for seven years, mm-hmm it feels like I'm just in stuck in a position where I don't want to be in and that I feel like I'm going to be stuck in. Yeah. And it just, it scares me to death that that's a possibility, but no matter, it feels like I'm in quicksand, like no matter how much I pull and I keep on getting deeper and deeper into it. And that's why, I had to go back to therapy Mm -hmm. because I just felt like coupled with this, coupled with, you know, trying to maintain a relationship, coupled with the the self-policing that I have to do at work or even when I'm among other gay people, it's just, it's so tough. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't think a lot of people understand how tough it is if you don't belong to these groups. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'll be honest with you. I've, here recently, I have contemplated suicide. But I can't... um, You know, I have other people to live for. You know, I have my mom and I have my sisters and I have my partner and I have a a niece now. So I can't be selfish in that matter. Mm -hmm. But then again, I have to be able to want to live too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's tough because you... 
it's tough because you want you want the best. You want to do as best as you can and it's it, it feels so tough. <laughs> it feels so tough. It I, does. I, I like as you mentioned the work stuff, like I feel like that. Like I, I'm always questioning like especially like am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Is it too late to get out? Is it too late to change? You know, I've been writing and and I've been insecure about my writing because I don't know what people think. And even though people will say things are good, my insecurities about it will make me still like, okay, well, I'm glad you think it's good, but I don't know about that. And that makes me struggle with what I really want to do. And there's been times I, I like to go on drives, I like to just drive around. And I have driven around Los Angeles crying about like, what am I supposed to be here? It was never a plan for me to be here. But I've been here. What am I supposed to do? Who the hell I think I am? Like, it's not like really an imposter syndrome. It's more of like, is this going to make, does this make sense? I mean, after writing my first comic and all that stuff and seeing how people like it and everything, I still find myself insecure about if, can I tell a story? Because you got people out here, you know, raising so much money, like, I was upset at myself because I've been sitting here, my Kickstarter is ready, and I have talked myself out of it every other day because I don't want to fail in public. And then it makes me question, do I believe in myself enough? Because if you believe in yourself, you will go out there, you know, guns blazing. But I'm like, I don't want to fail in public. That's been a hard thing for me. I was never raised to fail. I was always raised to be better than others. I think I've mentioned this before. I was raised, I was told that I was better than other people. And that's not the best thing you should say to a kid. But I was always told that I I was better. I will be better. I had to be better. And I have always kept that in my head. That has always been what kept me going is the fact that I had to believe that. Even when I... I even though it was growing up was tough and you know being queer and not understanding who the hell you were and you dealing with all those things and you had to you dealt with emotions way too early than you should um it was just a lot and so a lot of those insecurities came up with in a sense of am i good enough am i can i do this and i have talked myself out of getting this kickstarter out there because of the fact Oh, Lord, I didn't want to do this. I didn't want to. I don't want to cry. Uh, I have talked myself out of it because I didn't think that my work is good enough, and I know it is. I know it is. You know, I know I can tell a decent story. I have forced myself to put stuff on the blacklist for God's sake, because I'm like I'm ready for y'all to tear me apart. If that needs to happen, so be it. But I need it. Because I want to make sure that I am ready, but also good enough. I I know I'm good enough, but every once in a while, I am convinced that I'm not. You know, I'm just one out of millions. And that's what I would do to myself. Like, I'm just one out of millions. And I think what really helped me change a little bit of that is when I, t- I did put my comic out there in public. I was like, I'm putting it out here. 
this can get ripped up and y'all can read it for filth on social media. I was like, I'm about to really go through it. And luckily that hasn't happened. Um, people like it. People talk about it. People have emailed me, um, even given me money for it. And so I, I have to believe in that. And that's one of the things I'm trying to really do is I'm trying to embrace my insecurities, but try to change it because I don't, I don't want that to ruin any opportunity for me to move forward in life. And I don't want that to ruin any chances for me to be great. I feel like that you can be great at any age, but I would not allow that to fall apart. I, I also feel like I have a responsibility to, like, to to you, to everyone, to, to do the best that I can, to be successful, to be, um, to be out here, um, you know, to make things happen. Um, and to turn this back to you, you, I hope you understand that you have a lot to offer. You have so much to offer. You have talents. I mean, you out here singing. You out here on the stage. You out here making sure outfits looking great. You making sure this show is running. You making sure that we have guests. Like you are doing a lot of stuff, and you can't, you can't, ever, take yourself away from these opportunities because these things are really happening. You are making things happen. You are doing things that people dream of doing, and it's tough. But I like the fact that you still do it. I like the fact that you're out here. I like the fact that people are expecting you. <laughs> expecting you out here in these Twitter streets. Expecting you. And you. I hope you recognize that because you need to know you are a good person. You are a great person. I love the fact that when I wake up and I look at the magazine. And y'all, if y'all don't know, Nick does... Most of the mega scenes uh, on Twitter, he does a lot of the you know the wake the morning ones. I do the I do the geeky stuff. So all the geeky stuff that you see about comics and the movie stuff, or even the threads about certain characters, that's me. But the rest of the funny stuff is Nick, <laughs> and he he keeps it lit. People are expecting it. I love the fact that people, the numbers of people who have been joining us, the numbers of people who are following us. I feel like Nick has been a big role in that. So I don't want you to, I can't tell you how you feel, but I want you to know that we are very thankful for you being here. And I'm glad that you are here with us because what everything has a point. Every piece of us have a place. And I feel like, you know, when you do have those doubts, do remember that People are look. I, I think about when you know the fan con stuff went down. How your response is what really got people excited about us, but also gave gave them hope about things. And so you should always keep in mind that even though you may feel like this may be better without me, you should feel like no, no, it's better with me. You know, and that that's one of the things I used to say to myself when I was. A teenager practicing witchcraft. <laughs> uh, um, is, Come on, Salem. Because I feel like I had to. I, I never really thought completely about you know ending it all, but a part of it was like, no, if I do that, then I'm letting them win. 
and no one wins but me. And so I, that's a little selfish, but I, at that time I was like, no, I'm going to win. And that's what kept me going. That's I, And that's what keeps me going now is I'm going to win. This is tough. Trying to make, I've made half of the video for the Kickstarter. So eventually I'm going to finish it. But I'm going to do that, and that's going to be the scariest thing. And I may fail, and you know, if I fail, I fail. But I gotta, I have to do it. I have to know what's best. I have to know what's good. And I think when you look at your, when all you look at your securities, you have to look at what's really holding you back, but also use that to work in your favor to be successful. And don't let your insecurities win so much. Learn from them. And just get better. I mean, that's all we can do. You're right. It's just like some of the constant pressure of not only living in a country that doesn't look at gay, queer people of color as people, coupled with the overbearing need to succeed in whatever fashion they, that might be as strenuous as fuck. Yeah, like there's sometimes that I just want to turn everything off, but you can't. Like it is everywhere. Yeah, every day you have to get up and be shown that black people, queer black people, don't matter. Whether it be on the TV, online, in everyday life, you are faced with that and it's just it becomes so tiring Mm -hmm. and like it's surprising that we are not killing these these white folks out here because the like i said the self-policing that we have to do within ourselves is taxing and yeah, there are a lot of times where I just want to say fuck it all. And I'll just like not look at everything or put on some slow love songs and cry. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day that I, I know that somehow, some way that we're going to make it. And yeah. you said we don't have a choice but to make it. That's all, and that's what you know. That's what I was. I've been told, and I remember. I you know I've always say eighties was the best time to grow up because there was so many gems and the cheapest of movies, and there were, you know, um, so I, I, there was a movie called Heavenly Bodies that at the end of this cheesy, dance movie, it taught me there was a scene where she was. It was a dance contest or they were trying to fight to keep a gym or something. And she was dancing against a bad girl and she fell. Her knee was hurt. She fell, but she got back up and she did what she thought was what she knew that was best. And that was dancing. And she won. And that taught me as an 11 year old kid that I'm going to get knocked down more times than I'm getting knocked down right now. You know, Um, but I have to always get up and dance. I have to always get up and do what I know is best. And that was being creative. That was being smart. That was being happy. 
that was being original. That was me, you know, channeling Lisa Bonet. I mean, to me, she was also, that was my lifesaver, Lisa Bonet, because I felt like I found a, a, a spirit animal in someone too. So we have no choice but to be, to be here, to be better, and to keep going. And I think that's one of the reasons, that's kind of the core of what Megasheen is, is we we want to celebrate the fact that we are here as queer geeks and, and as well as queer people of color or black gay men here, is we want to show people that we're here, we're funny, we can do all the things that you turn to other people to do, uh, but we're here. We want to make sure that there's a place and an outlet that you can listen and feel like you can talk to us and or you know that you would know us you know if you ever meet us we're approachable people you know we ain't gonna look at you like who are you but we'll never do that unless you come in a certain way but besides that we won't really do that and i think that's one of the things why we do it because we want to make sure that we are providing something out there because we know that's what we are here to do right and I know some people were kind of standoffish as uh, trying not to talk to me at White Comic Con. My just because I look pissed off does not mean that I'm actually pissed off, y'all. Like <laughs> that's just my mean face. <laughs> like it doesn't actually mean that I'm mean or I'm mad. A lot of people have noticed, like Nick, why do you look so mad? And I'm like, oh, I was just thinking about food, which is the majority of time that I am thinking about. So if I came across as a bitch or any of that nature. I'm sorry. Well, I, I didn't. I didn't know people thought that. I hope they didn't really think that about you. I hope so. I hope not either. But you know, I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, I. For those who have already met me, I'm. I. I don't. I don't have a certain look. I just usually, I'm laughing at something or looking at stuff but you know again we're very approachable and for those who have met us already y'all should know that but um again as i said before the core of what we do is to make sure that people know there's a place for us we we made sure there's a place for us in this game and we want to make sure that people who are listening feel like there's a place for them or a place to come and listen to us i mean there's other queer uh podcasts you could go to but i i like the fact that you do come home to us um and that's something that we want to provide and we wanted to be honest and share, you know, things about us to you. So you under, you know, understand that, you know, no one's, we all fall short, as they say. So hopefully you got something out of us kind of revealing some stuff today. Um, I didn't even know we were going to go where we were going to go. I just said we'll talk about insecurities. and Right. We just kind of got into all these things without, you know, our insecurities. But no, but this is not for us to be like, oh, poor y'all. It's just we wanted to share that. Because um, just because I've also been seeing there's a lot of, you know, again, people that we follow, fans of the show, friends of the show, um, they're going through things. And it's like, you know, we wanted to let you know that we all go through and we wanted to share our stories too. Exactly. And if you need to talk to somebody professionally please seek it because mm-hmm. there is no shame in getting therapy i strongly agree or strongly advise that everybody at least talk to a therapist once in their lifetime mm-hmm. it has done i've been in and out of therapy since sophomore year mm-hmm. 
and it has helped a lot just to get all these burdens off you and to talk to somebody that is on the outside looking in mm-hmm. that can give a different perspective. Yep. That's true. Because I always need to be told to get off my pedestal. So that's why I probably need to go in. I need to go ahead and go in and just... Because I went in years ago and it was very helpful. So I should go back just to say like, okay, I'm back. Back then I was I was 24. Now I'm 44. So that's been a 20 year difference. We need to go and see, you know, let's talk about these issues. Exactly. All right, now that my shirt is wet, uh, <laughs> I think that's it for us today. Yes, that that is. Um, a quick shout out to a friend of the show, uh, Omar Marks. His birthday is this Saturday, so a very happy Hello. and special birthday to you, sir. Right, happy birthday, Omar. Um, what else? Uh, do you have any shout outs? Um, you know, to, you know, but, you know, to everybody who's been really supportive of us on Twitter, um, also, as well as on Instagram, you know, a lot of y'all are, I love the fact that y'all interact and y'all talk with us and retweet what we say and what we're doing. Um, believing in us, that goes a long way and I'm very happy. Again, we don't have to have 5 million, you know, listeners, but the the listeners we do have, we are very happy with and and you know my shout out is to all of y'all who have been there and been supportive of us because we have a lot of we have great support we really do in in these in these streets and um we couldn't ask for better better people to have our back especially the blur community so we're very and happy we're only is only getting better we yeah. got a lot of a lot more in store especially for Pride Month. Yep. Um, yeah. Which is funny that May is over. I'm like... Girl. Like, May just got... Like, I said, literally, May was just... Did Infinity War just come out? Like, Infinity War just came out at the end of the month. Like, I'm just saying that Infinity War just came out yesterday. Like, it feels like that. It, right. Like, Lord. I'm gonna be well, 77 next week. This keeps going. <laughs> Well, as we said, this does bring it into our show. You can follow us on Twitter at Magazine Pod. I'm at Porter Pizzazz. Victor's at Wonderman Five. The podcast is also on Facebook at Magazine Pod. Instagram. Uh, you can like, rate, subscribe to the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Like I said, look for us to do it big and. June, we have a lined up a lot of special guests. Uh, there might be some live tweeting on some shows and some movies, uh, a few articles coming out. So, June is going to be a lots of fun, yeah. Yeah, anything else? No, that's it. We'll see y'all next week. Bye. Bye.